Hey guys, welcome in. It is Brad with College Sportscast. I'm here today to do a special for you guys, and I have NFL mock draft mock draft guy with me, and uh, we are going to do a special. Be right back. Sportscast. We are not doing game day pickums. That was last night. Today, I've got Josiah on with me. He is a specializes in mock draft and player profiles and things of that nature, and has his own YouTube channel. I'll let Josiah say hello and introduce yourself, man. If you guys aren't familiar with me, I run the YouTube channel JWAC Gridiron, where, as Brad said, do a lot of Mock drafts, prospect spotlights, and we have done uh, over a hundred of them now. So if you're interested in a particular player that we talk about today that maybe you haven't heard, be sure to go check it out. We should be hitting uh, 2,000 within the next few hours, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, do a ton of that stuff. You guys can follow me here at Twitter at uh, JWAC Reactions. And really excited to get into this. Came on last year, but a lot has changed. And uh, I'm really excited. I really like a lot of the prospects in this class, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, so Josiah was on with us last year one time um, early on. I think it was like end of January, 1st of February, when he was on with us last year. He has grown. His channel has grown quite a bit this year. I have it up there on the screen for you guys. So we want to welcome him into the show like I said, he does lots of cool stuff with mock drafts, with player profiles, and it's all on his JWAC Gridiron YouTube channel. So go check him out if you haven't already. All right, so the NFL Combine's going on. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any good news about players moving up? Yeah, there's been quite a few uh, really interesting ones. I think the big standout star of the combine thus far has been uh, Florida State defensive tackle Braden Fisk ran one of the fastest times at the combine. A guy who prior to the senior bowl was probably a third or fourth round prospect. There's a chance he could slide into the first round. Uh, A really athletic player, really good pass rush upside. His run support can be a little iffy, but we might see him get taken in the first round. Another guy that I think really impressed was Isaac Garendo, the running back from Louisville. He was one of the fastest backs today, ran incredibly well. And a guy that was kind of in a dual running back system there with Jawar Jordan at Louisville. He's a really high upside back, great size and pretty powerful. I think he has really boosted his stock. Um, As we're talking about this, the receivers are kind of running right now. I know that, Adonai Mitchell was out of this world today from Texas, ran a 4.35 at 6.2, 40-yard dash, which was the fastest time for the receivers. Uh, Adonai Mitchell is really boosted his stock, a guy who 
had that first round buzz as it is, but now I think he is a has a chance to go inside the top 20. There's been a few other guys. Dallas Turner tested out incredibly. Peyton Wilson was really good. Trevin Wallace from Kentucky was another really good one. I was hoping he would say his name. Yeah, he was really impressive. There are quite a few really intriguing prospects on both sides of the football. And I think a common misconception about this class is that this is a receiver or an offensive heavy class, which it is. There are a lot of really good players on the offensive side, but you're going to find some really good studs on the defensive side of the ball that I think are going to be game changers for you. So I'm excited to get into this. I think there are a lot of players that have really helped themselves. There have been those few players that have hurt themselves as well. Um, Cameron Kitchens was not amazing from Miami, a guy that I was very high on. And um, there's been a few guys here and there, but overall I think a lot of positives to take away from the combine so far. That's cool. I, I, I was going to ask you about Trevin Wallace. I also wanted to ask you real quick about Ray Davis. What do you think? Ray Davis, I think he was – he didn't really impress, but he didn't disappoint either. He kind of – I think his stock has kind of stayed the same. I think he's a fourth well, or fifth round guy at the I moment. Mean, Ray Davis only spent one year at Kentucky. I'm not a huge, huge fan but I, because of that. But his story and his background, if you don't know his story, Josiah, check him out. Do a profile on him because he has an absolute – he was homeless as a kid. I'm talking like 10 years old. He was homeless. Both parents were drugs and in prison. Um, Check out his story. He has a great story. It would be a great profile. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's not a guy, like I said, that I don't think hurt his stock. I do – you talked about a great story. Bit of an older running back, though, and and a running back – you need youth, and that's why I think we might see a Jalen Wright from Tennessee, a Braylon Allen, um, a guy like that be the first running back off the board. I know a lot of people love Blake Corum. He didn't really wow me in terms of his speed, and he's also had some pretty bad injury history, and I'm just not sure how his game is going to translate to the league. The running back position, it's complicated when you're scouting them. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a running back taken in the first two rounds because it's not the strongest running back class. And they're just not as valued as highly anymore. I mean, that's fair. So before we dive into this, if you're watching on you on uh, Facebook, you can send us stars. Um, any stars that you send us helps support us, um, helps us earn some money to continue to make cool content like this with the NFL draft. So this is on Facebook only. If you're on Facebook, you can help support us by sending stars. All right, Josiah, we are going to uh, dive in here. All right. Uh, The Chicago Bears have the number one pick. We'll go with the first pick here. All right. So the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears hold the number one overall pick in the draft. And to me, it's a no brainer. Justin Fields is not a guy that I am high on. He is not impressed. I know there's going to be a couple of games people will point to. They'll point to that throw against Clemson. But overall, his NFL career has a massive question mark. You also have a contract coming up with Justin Fields. And there are teams that we're hearing, the Steelers and the Falcons primarily, that are really interested in Fields. If you've got a quarterback prospect like Caleb Williams on the board, you can't pass it up. Caleb Williams had better size than people were expecting at 6'2". He's got an incredible arm, and his ability to throw off-platform, extend plays, 
is better than anybody in this entire class. It is on that Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson level, the way he can move around. Yes, he has a bit of a hero complex and that he just doesn't like to throw the ball away at times, but he's an incredible prospect. He's going to be the number one pick. If it's the Bears, if they trade this pick and decide to build around fields, whoever holds the number one pick will be selecting Caleb Williams. I mean, Caleb Williams has been in this spot for well over a year. Everybody knew that he was probably going to be the number one pick a year. Uh, you know, even before last year's draft, yeah. every, everybody knew that, to be quite honest with you. My only questions with Caleb Williams is some character questions. I think I think he has a little bit of character questions, and um, at times – he, he can seem, and I'm going to say a word here that most people probably don't like when it comes to football, but he can seem emotionally a little soft. Not on the field, but emotionally, he can seem a little soft. I'm going to be honest. I actually hate everybody that says that. Not the people, but I hate that argument. Because if we look at the time when he cried after the game against Washington, he had just played one of the best games of his football career. And one of the biggest moments against a Washington team that they were right in it. Their defense was absolutely horrid at USC. And he played an incredible game. And yeah, he did get quite emotional after it. But I personally like that because he is a highly competitive player. And if you ask any of his teammates, I don't think anybody would come out as soft. People are going to talk about the nail painting or him wearing a toga. Just walk around Gen Z. It happens all the time. He's just another kid. And on top of that, I think a lot of these reports that have come out about him wanting ownership in a team, they're just ludicrous. He's never come out and said any of those things. His father's never come out and said any of those things. And he has come out and denied a lot of those claims. People said last year that, oh, he's not going to want to play for the Bears. Well, when he was at the podium, he said, whoever has the number one pick, I'm going to be open to playing for them. Yeah, he did say that. I don't think his character is nearly as big as a concern as a lot of people want to make it. Yes, he got emotional after a game that he played his ass off. And it's a tough loss. It's tough to lose that way. Um, maybe not the greatest look for fans, but I don't think that's going to deter NFL teams away from him. I still think he's going to be the number one pick. I mean, I can't argue with you when it comes to Caleb Williams at the number one pick. I mean, there's really not that much of an argument. I will say we're not doing trades today. This is our first one of the season. So we're just going to go with the, the picks in the order that they are. That's the reason why he's doing the Bears here. There are there's some talk even today um, that things are kind of heating up with Atlanta in a possible trade here at this spot, I heard. Yeah, it. the reports are confusing because a lot of the reports that we're getting about Atlanta wanting Justin Fields – yeah, or from not necessarily the most reputable sources, but we've got very reputable sources like Diana Russini from ESPN, who's saying that the Falcons want Kirk Cousins, and I firmly believe that Kirk Cousins will be an Atlanta Falcon. Justin Fields, there's been some buzz there, but I just don't know how well he fits in that offense, knowing they just hired Raheem Morris. He kind of likes those more game manager quarterbacks, which I, I hate that term, but that's what Kirk Cousins is. I think they need more of a veteran presence there. Um, I, Fields will be moved, but the number one pick I don't think will be involved, and they're not going to get a first either. I think a second rounder is probably what Justin Fields goes for because 
at times he's flashed serious potential, but it's just been inconsistent at what he has shown in terms of what he can do. Right. All right. It sounds cool. Let's move on to pick number two. All right. Um, Number two here, we got the Washington Commanders, who it looks like it's going to be a quarterback. They drafted Sam Howell in the fifth round a couple years ago. He started last season, and he showed flashes, but the highest interception ratio just had some bad throws. And, yes, the offensive line was terrible. Yes, the weapons weren't exactly what you want to see. But I think they're going to go with the quarterback. And the more that I think about this, everyone's been talking about Drake May. Drake May to Washington. That makes the most sense. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take Jaden Daniels from LSU here at number two. He just feels like the kind of guy that offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury is going to want on his team. Mobile. He might be the best athlete at the quarterback position in this class. I actually like that. I like the way he can move in the open field is incredible. He's got a good arm. Now, I think he does stare his receivers down. He can be stiff in the pocket at times. But he's got a lot of upside. And in an offensive line that is not great, Washington has two second rounders that they are going to be able to use later on. I think Jaden Daniels is going to be the move here for me at two. I really like that pick. I'm really not as high on Drake May as everybody else seems to be. Um, I just feel like in the biggest of games – he has dwindled a little bit at North Carolina in the biggest of games um, and down the stretch in the most important games he has as well the last two years. And for me, I, that's, you know, I mean, I just don't see one or two being him, you know, him being one or two. So I really like the Jaden Daniels pick. He's the Heisman Trophy winner um, from 2023. And he can throw it on a rope like 50 yards down, 60 yards down the field. So I think Drake May has a better arm than Jaden Daniels does, quite quite honestly. And he's bigger. I could see a lot of teams really buying into Drake May and the hype because he's an incredible athlete. And honestly, a little foreshadowing, he is going to be the next pick at number three. New England's not passing on Drake May. I mean, but, I just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, I'm, I'm I do college stuff here. So, you yeah. know. You know, we cover a lot of this stuff. And in the in the last two seasons, not just one, but down the stretch, yeah. they, they've fallen short. Yeah, and he's had his moments. But I think we could talk about Jaden Daniels also having those moments because prior to this season at LSU, Jaden Daniels was an afterthought in this quarterback class. He was undersized, had some accuracy concerns, we knew he was a great runner, but prior to this year, we nobody had Jaden Daniels in the first round. Nobody had Jaden Daniels in the first four rounds. So, you know, we we, we could true. point to a lot of different areas there, but I think I, I talked about it. Drake May is going to be the number three pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it up there. New England is yeah. just desperate for a quarterback. Mac Jones has been terrible, to be completely honest. I saw he's working on a no-look pass. I think he should work on a regular pass first. But Drake May is really athletic. He's got an incredible arm. He reminds me of Justin Herbert, quite frankly. He can put the ball on the rope. His deep ball accuracy is some of the best in the entire class. And we look at what happened at North Carolina. He lost his number one weapon. Tez Walker, who was out for most of the season, 
The offensive line lost some pieces. He lost quite a bit on that North Carolina offense. I still think he performed. I do understand some of the criticisms there with Drake May, but I think he is going to be a top three pick. And I think the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. Whichever order you have them in, I think it's going to be Caleb, Jaden, and Drake as the first three picks in the draft. I mean, I think all three teams are probably looking for a quarterback. You can't, you know, I mean, they uh, are need a quarterback as well, not just looking for one, but need one as well. I'm not sold on Justin Fields either at the top. And, you know, so you go down the line here, Matt Jones not been good at, at you know, at the Patriots. So I think all of them are going to be looking for a quarterback. And, you know, there's there's some good ones at the top. So you can't go wrong there. Yeah. All right. So number four, is this going to be our first one that's not a quarterback? Yeah, I – Early on, people wanted to talk about Arizona going quarterback. I think that has that ship has sailed. Uh, Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. Uh, they need a receiver, though, because they lost DeAndre Hopkins. And while I like some of the guys in that room, I like Greg Dorch. I really liked Michael Wilson from Stanford last year. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is a generational wide receiver prospect, a guy who is going to run in the four fours. He's got incredible size, incredible hands, great body control along the sidelines. This is a guy who, quite frankly, can do everything you want on the football field at the wide receiver position. Great route runner, great speed, great hands, great size. He might take a couple plays off here and there. That's really the only criticism I've seen on Marvin Harrison Jr., but I, I, I'm i not too concerned about that. Kyle McCord will do that to you. Uh, the, the Cardinals are going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at four if he's on the board, and I don't have any question about that. I actually, in my opinion, I actually think he's going to be the best player in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I think he is my number one player in the entire class. He is the best wide receiver I've ever seen coming out of the collegiate level. He's unbelievable. And I think, I mean, if this, if there weren't three quarterback needy teams up top, he could have gone in the, to either any of those three teams. He's a difference maker and he's going to be an incredible prospect or an incredible player, wherever he ends up. I think Arizona is the first wide receiver needy team here. And that's going to be the pick. You put, you pair him with, with uh, Kyler Moore, Kyler with Kyler and like that, they're going to have a good tandem there. Yeah, and I'm pretty. I'm a lot higher on Arizona than a lot of people going into next year. They were missing the quarterback for a lot of it. Rookie head coach. They've got a yeah. lot of cap space. They've got two first round picks. They've got an early third. Arizona's going to make some news or make some moves. I think they're going to be an intriguing team. Um, I, I really like this pick, though. I think Marvin Harrison is a perfect fit in Arizona. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely. I think he's a top guy. It's a great pick, and especially get him at number four. So who you got for number five? All right, so at number five, this one is this is kind of where the draft starts because I think everyone seems to be in agreement that the first four picks are going to be those four guys, and then we get to the Chargers, who nobody expected to have a top five pick coming into the year, and you could really talk yourself into a number of these guys, Malik Neighbors an absolute speed demon on the outside. Brock Bowers could really fix their tight end room. I like Romo Dunze more than Malik neighbors. Personally, you could talk yourself into him. You could go offensive line, but for this offense and what they need, I am going to take Malik neighbors. They just need a guy that can take the top off the defense. You've got Justin Herbert, get him a guy who can be zero to 60 in three seconds. Malik neighbors, 
a lot of people have him on that same tier as Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not there. I think he's a little undersized, and I don't think he's as good of a route runner. But Malik Neighbors' deep ball speed is second to none in this class. He's going to be a, in the top 10, I think, and uh, I, I like him to the Chargers. I agree with that. Yeah, his, I, his, his, his top end speed and getting downfield is yeah. top notch. Yeah, he, he's top like notch. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that you have him going over um, Rome, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised at it, but not terribly. Um, you know, being number five here, I think that's – I wouldn't have thought that, you know, towards the end of the college football season, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, and – I mean, it's with the draft, we really don't know what's going to happen. I think the Chargers are looking for those extra weapons on the outside. Looks like they're going to cut Mike Williams. Keenan Allen could also be a cut candidate. They just need to clear cap space. Malik Neighbors answers a lot of their needs right away. I, I think he's excellent here to the Chargers. All right. Well, from here, guys, we're going to do five picks at a time. Kind of let him decide, get into a little flow here. And uh, we're going to hit six through 10 and, and then we'll pause for a second and have a little chat about it. Well, before we go, uh, Xavier worthy just tied the record for the fastest 40 yard dash in combine history. So four, two, two, four, two, two up there. Yeah. Uh, we got the giants here at number six and, and you could go so many different routes with this giants team. People are going to say quarterback, potentially. If Jane Daniels or Drake May is not on the board, the Giants aren't taking a quarterback. Um, I, I, I'm i I'm between a couple of guys here because I love Romo Dunze. I really do. He's my number two receiver. Excellent size. He's going to win down the field. Good hand. But their offensive line is in serious question. We're hearing they might move Evan Neal to the guard position after cutting Mark Glowinski. And then you've got a spot at that right tackle. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off – off the board here. We're going to take Talise Fuaga here to the Giants at number six, the best pure right tackle in the entire draft. I'm not taking Joe Walton moving him to the right side, and I'm not taking Olu Fushanu and moving him to the right side because then you've just got another Evan Neal situation on your hands. Take the best pure right tackle who's an incredible run blocker and a mauler here at number six. At number seven, we're going to continue the offensive line trend. Pairing Peter Skaronsky with Joe Alt is a match made in heaven, quite honestly. The Titans offensive line is garbage. And while I know you're a Kentucky guy, I don't think Will Levis is the guy, but they need to improve that offensive line regardless who is behind center. Joe Alt yeah. is the best, has been one of the best run blockers and pass blockers over the last couple of seasons. At number eight to Atlanta. Now I talked about this earlier. I firmly believe that Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. They've got the money. They've got a coach that I think makes sense for the way Kirk Cousins plays. This team is going to be in the wide receiver market, and they're going to be in the edge rusher department. Where do you want to go here? The receiver class has a ton of talent, and I can't say that about the edge class necessarily. We're going to take Dallas Turner from Alabama. This guy is just a freak athlete. He had one of the best combine showings. He's quick. He's long. He's flexible. I really like everything he can do from a – Edge rushing standpoint, he's got a lot of upside, a good run defender as well. At number nine, we got the Bears. They only, this is their last pick of the draft. They don't have a second rounder. They traded that to Washington in the Montez Sweat deal. 
this was a tough one for me. Again, Romo Dunze looking you right in the eyes and pairing Caleb Williams with Romo Dunze would be incredible, especially when you got DJ Moore on the outside there. But you also still have good edge rushers here and adding more pieces to this defense could be the move. I think we are going to add a defensive player. I know a lot of people are going to be like, we well, can't pass on Romo Dunze. And as I said it, I'm, cha- I'm changing my mind. We're going to take Romo Dunze here at, at nine. I'm not overthinking this. Just continue to add weapons to that offense with a rookie quarterback. And at number 10, the New York Jets, you got to protect Aaron Rodgers. You got to get an offensive line. Their offensive line has been absolutely garbage over the last few seasons. We are going to take... Olu Fashanu out of Penn State, a really good athlete, good run blocker, good pass blocker, still not super polished, but the upside is certainly there. I think Olu Fashanu is going to round out the top 10. All right, so we've got some offensive linemen coming off the board. We've got some receivers coming off the board. Um, With the Tennessee Titans, you went with Joe Alt. If he's available, honestly, I can't argue with that. I really think that's who they want is Joe Alt, to be honest with you. Um, but I know they need the offensive lineman. Trust me. I'm a Will Levis guy, so I know they need to he, – he's going to get, like, beat up for sure if they don't try to fix this offensive line. But is there a chance they try to go wide receiver or even Brock Bowers here? I don't think they have I don't think there's a chance to do that at seven, especially in this receiver class where you might be able to get a guy like Troy Franklin there at number 37, who is an absolutely phenomenal wide receiver. I don't think you do that. This is not as it's a good offensive line cap class, but this receiver class is elite. And Joe Walton been one of the best tackles in college football for two seasons in a row now. And you have Peter Skaronsky who you took and he's your left guard pairing. Those two is fantastic. Both great movers you got to protect the greatest asset. You don't want another Andrew Luck situation. And I'm not saying Will Levis is anything like Andrew Luck because he's not. But you don't want him to get beat up. You've got to protect your quarterback. You've got to open up run lanes for Ty J Spears. Doesn't look like Derrick Henry's going to be back next season. So go get an offensive lineman that can help do that. And then Odinia's, I mean, I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the whole class. I mean, yeah. I'd put him – I'd put him next to Harrison, Harrison, and then him. That's what I would do. So to get him at nine, I think you had him at nine there. Mm-hmm. Um, to get him at nine would be extremely good value, I think, um, to get him there because I believe he's one of the best. Yeah, I love Romo Dunze. He's my number two guy as well. I've got him ahead in Neighbors. Just he he ran a four four, which is great for his size, but he's just got an ability to find the ball in the air. He's more physical than Malik Neighbors is. And a lot of people have been comparing him to Larry Fitzgerald. I kind of love that comparison. I think he could be that type of a receiver. Physical like, over the middle. Yeah. Yeah. He's an incredible weapon. I think he's an awesome fit here to the Bears at nine. And pairing him with DJ Moore, and then you got Caleb Williams, you got a top 10 defense. This is a team that could make some serious noise in the NFC next season. I can see that. All right, guys, we're going to go 11 to 15 here in the first round. All right, so the Minnesota Vikings here at number 11, they've got no edge rushers under contract next season. Daniil Hunter's a free agent. 
you've got you've got guys that are free agents. So I'm going to go with an edge. A guy who had a absolutely phenomenal draft combine is Jared Verse from Florida State. A guy who can play that outside linebacker position. He can play the true edge position as well. Really good athlete. Bit older, but he has been fantastic for the Seminoles over the last couple of seasons. I'm not passing on him here. And I didn't think we'd see this, but a guy who didn't have the strongest combine is on the board here at 12. And from all accounts, I think the Broncos are going to end up trying to trade up for this guy. We're taking J.J. McCarthy at 12. Now, I personally am not the highest on J.J. McCarthy. I have him as the number six quarterback in the class. But you can't argue that the tools are all there for J.J. McCarthy. He's athletic, great ball placement, pretty solid size as well for the quarterback position, good arm. He's really got everything. He's just not polished. And playing in that Michigan offense, they don't pass the football a ton. That's a run-heavy team. We've seen McCarthy perform really high at times. I think Denver is going to be head over heels for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Russell Wilson is two feet out the door at this point. Number 13, the Raiders. We're going to take the first corner off the board, and that's going to be Terrian Arnold out of Alabama. Now, he is my corner number three, but I think he is going to be the number one corner off the board. He's got the size, really athletic, bit unpolished still to me, but I think the upside is there, and he's got the upside to be a really, really good player. And then at number 14, we got the Saints, who I think need to improve the offensive line just a little bit. There's some good offensive linemen on the board here. J.C. Latham, Amarius Mims. But I'm going to go with Troy Fautanu out of Washington, a guy who you can play at that tackle position. You can swing him inside at guard. He's got a lot of versatility that he offers on the field, and I think that's something that New Orleans needs, especially with uncertainty of the future on this offensive line. And then at number 15, we got my team, the Indianapolis Colts. And this is really tough because I want to go corner. But the problem is you just drafted three corners last year. And while they all looked good, I want to go get a veteran corner in free agency. Receiver is where I'm going with this pick. And a guy that really impressed me at the combine today was Adonai Mitchell. We're taking him here at number 15, a guy who is ran in the four threes at his size. He's got really good deep ball routes. He's got speed, a decent route runner. This is what the Colts need. Anthony Richardson has one of the highest ceilings of any quarterback in the NFL. You need to surround him with the best talent possible. I think Adonai Mitchell is a game changer here for the Indianapolis Colts. Mitchell is a definite great receiver. He's 6'2 or 6'3. Um, he can go up and get the ball um, as well as the speed. But, I mean, he's he, he can you know get it at the top of the route. And, and go up and do that. I really like that uh, that pick there for the Colts. I will have to say J.J. McCarthy at 12 seems a little bit of a reach to me. I think he's going to go in the top five. I think a team is going to trade up for the with the Chargers, and he's going to go in the top five. That's all that we've been hearing from the Combine. I think a team I, like the Raiders. That is so hard to, to I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not that high on J.J. McCarthy. I, I mean, there's some glaring he, concerns there. I mean, he he was in an offense that didn't really utilize him all that well. And does I say more about the quarterback or more about the offense? I think that's going to be the question that a lot of people and, are going to ask. And the answer to that is I really don't know, but why would you take a chance on a top five or top ten pick? Like, I don't 
Because that's what you got to do when you're one of these NFL GMs. We saw with Anthony Richardson last year, while maybe the college film didn't exactly back it up, this guy had all the tools in the world. And even when he was on the field for the Colts, you could see this guy has a chance to be one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league. And just really so we're, just for the record, Brock Bowers is still on the board here, right? Yes, Brock Bowers is still on the board. Um, 15, through 15, that's a little hard he's for me to fathom. End. I really thought he was going to be – I mean, a couple of years ago, I'm saying here at College Sportscast, I mean, I thought this dude was going to be top five. No way around it. He's a tight end and didn't have the greatest combine, didn't have the greatest measurables. He's going to continue yeah. to fall because tight ends just not valued in the NFL as it once was. And you can find yeah, this your Sam Laporta and Dave. Star. Yeah, Brock Bowers Some is a star. Team, I, he's a top five team player. He's going to get a Travis Kelsey, a Tony Gonzalez. I'm telling you, this kid's a star. Yeah, Bowers is a star, but he's just not going to be valued very highly in the draft with these quarterbacks, these edge rushers, more premium positions here. So. We'll see what happens, but yeah, JJ McCarthy at 12. I mean, it's hard to like wrap your head around because it feels like you could be getting trapped in another Zach Wilson situation. A guy that was very toolsy, but we just didn't get to see it at times, but we've also seen Josh Allen pan out. We've seen guys like Anthony Richardson. We've seen it work. So it'll be very interesting, but I think McCarthy's going to go in the top 10. We didn't do trades, but I think, I think a team like Minnesota, Denver, Vegas, even, uh, I think they're going to try and trade up to get J.J. McCarthy inside the top 10. Interesting. Okay. 16 through 20, Josiah. All right. At number 16 here, we got the Seattle Seahawks, and their offensive line was not great. I like their tackles, but you have some injuries there. The interior is where there are questions, and we're going to take the best center in the entire draft, and that is going to be Oregon's Jackson Powers Johnson, a guy who absolutely killed it at the Senior Bowl. I think he is going to be – a really good weapon for this team just to protect whoever is your quarterback long-term at number 17. we got the Jacksonville Jaguars, a couple of different ways it could go. You could go receiver. You could go corner. You could go with a edge rusher. Um, I kind of like the idea of going receiver for this team. Looks like Calvin Ridley, a player that they traded for is going to leave. So I'm going to go with a receiver and it is going to be Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. Another guy who's got incredible size. I, I just don't see how you can pass up. The guy has got really good speed, similar to Adonai Mitchell. He's on that same tier for me. Great speed, has the ability to win down the field. And I think he might have – he's got a better body type than Malik Neighbors for sure. Be interested to see where he ends up. Then we got the Bengals at 18. Man – Bowers is staring at him because they don't have that tight end that he could block a little bit. He can be in line, but this team also needs a right tackle. I'm going to take Bowers because I think the the value here, 18 for Cincinnati is too good. You now pair Brock Bowers with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T Higgins. You've got one of the best trios in all of the NFL now. And that would be really insane. hard to stop. You, you've got to go get a tackle later on. Maybe you do that in free agency. But I think Bowers is the no-brainer pick here at number 18 for Cincinnati. At number 19, we got the Rams. Edge is a need, but I think Quinion Mitchell is staring you right in the board. Everyone's going to talk about it. Toledo. A Toledo guy going in the top 20. You don't scout the helmet. You scout the player. Quinion Mitchell is, in my opinion, the best corner in the entire class. I've got him over Terry and Arnold. I've got him over Kool-Aid McKinstry and Nate Wiggins. This guy 
is legit. He has some of the best ball skills I have seen at the cornerback position. He is quick to the football. And a Rams team that really needs help in that secondary, Quinion Mitchell is the no-brainer pick here for me. Then at 20, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. J.C. Latham is still on the board. Now, I'm not as high on J.C. Latham as others are, but I think he has got to be the selection here. You can play him at right tackle. Move Broderick Jones, you drafted last year, to the left side. I think you've got a nice bookend tackles for quite some time for whoever the quarterback is going to be. All right, so that's 320. We had Brock Bowers. You think he goes to Cincinnati? That would be an insane amount of talent at the skill positions um, for Joe Burrow. I mean, that would be an insane amount of talent for him. Of course, I mean, you still got to block for him, and you got to run the ball, and you got to do other things as well. But that that would be one heck of a tandem for sure um, for them, you know, for Cincinnati. And I yep. know some Cincinnati fans around here, um, so I know they'd be pretty happy with that pick. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about Bowers is, in my opinion, the best tight end that maybe ever coming out of the draft. I mean, he's got that type of potential. And unfortunately, it's just not a valued position. We saw Kyle Pitts go four in 2021. And since it just hasn't worked for Atlanta, I don't see another team taking a tight end inside the top 10. For well, Pitts has been good, but – He's been good, but he just hasn't lived up to the hype. And right. he was outplayed by Johnny Smith last year. So, I mean, yeah. there's some question marks there with taking a tight end that high. Um, but Bowers is a really, really good player. Cincinnati's got to make – they're going to – they can't get everything. you got to get a weapon, but you also got to improve the O-line. I think Bowers, in a weird way, kind of improves both because he can block for you and he can be that weapon in space. You've got a second-rounder that's where you probably address that right tackle. But another thing, Cincinnati has one of the highest, they have some of the most cap space in all of the NFL this season. They could go get a right tackle like a Michael Onwenu, a Trent Brown, someone that can play on that right side where this pick makes a lot more sense come April. Right. All right. Well, we'll move on to 21 through 25 here. All right. So we got the Miami Dolphins here, offensive line. Definitely going to be the pick. Um, I'm going to go with Tyler Guyton here out of Oklahoma. People are, I know there's some questions around Guyton and whatnot in his technique, but Guyton's upside is through the roof. I think he has him and Olu Fashanu, I think are the highest upside tackles in this entire draft in terms of ceiling. Tyler Guyton's an incredible athlete. Also, he played right tackle for a left-handed quarterback, which I don't think people realize that's basically a left tackle for anyone else. He's guarding the blind side. Tua is a left-handed quarterback. I think Guyton has that experience playing blindside tackle for a lefty. I think that's going to be invaluable to this team. I'm going to take him here at 21. At 22, this is such a difficult pick because their secondary was so bad last season. But you've also got trade rumors. Their linebacking play was good. I consider Peyton Wilson here. I will say that, uh, but I'm not going to do that. Latu is still on the board. I'm going to take him here. One of the best players, period, regardless of position in college football last season, the last two seasons, let's be completely honest, he's going to fall because he was forced to medically retire from Washington due to a neck injury. And that's pretty serious stuff. You get him there at 22, the Eagles probably going to trade us on Redick. They're going to need to make a move here at the edge rushers. 
and I like Laiatu Latu. He is my personal number one edge rusher in the draft. At number 23, the Houston Texans. Don't overthink it. We're taking Byron Murphy. Now, another guy that might end up going higher than this on draft night. I'm not the biggest Byron Murphy guy. I'm going to be completely honest. I prefer Jerzon Newton. I think he's better in every category. But Byron Murphy tested out well at the Combine, played on one of the best teams in college football, and I think he is going to be a stud. I'm not saying Murphy's going to be a bad player, but I think Newton is a a whole tier ahead of Byron Murphy as a prospect. And number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. Really tough one here for me because they they just go a number of different ways. But I think I am going to take a offensive lineman. Tyron Smith probably out the door. We're going to take Amarius Mims out of Georgia, a guy who has very little playing experience. But when he has been on the field, has been phenomenal for the Bulldogs. I think he put him in that Guyton and Olu tier, but I think he's a tier ahead because I think his athleticism and his upside – he could, in three years, we could be talking about Amarius Mims is the best tackle in this entire draft, and I wouldn't blink an eye. I was like, yeah, I could see that. He is my number three tackle. I've got him ahead of Fuaga and Latham and a lot of these guys, but just limited playing time is going to push him down boards. And then at number 25, the Green Bay Packers, it's Cooper DeGene. I've seen this pick a million times. Whether you keep him at corner, whether you move him to safety, both are needs for the Packers. Cooper DeGene can do everything. He is a joker. He's a jack of all trades, Swiss army knife, whatever you want to call him. Can return punts. Cooper DeGene is that dude. And I think the Packers are going to be very lucky to get him uh, at number 25. Well, so I'm a Packer fan and them not go offensive line here in the first round because that seems to be their MO just about, I don't know, three out of four years. It seems like they go offensive line in the in the in the first round. Um, yeah. I, I like that pick, like you said, Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of different things, return, and and do a lot of different things for them as well there. And my other thing that I wanted to mention here uh, for Miami getting that blind side right tackle, that would be a, a hell of a move for them. Yeah, I, I really like Guyton. I know a lot of people aren't as high on him, but I think Guyton's got some really good upside in this class. All right. So here we are going to go ahead and finish out the first round. We'll do 26 through 32 and finish out the first round. All right. So at number 26, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looks like Mike Evans time in Tampa is done. It looks like he is going to take his money and go somewhere else. And arguably the greatest player in franchise history. Um, I just don't love any of the receivers on the board is the problem. Keon Coleman didn't wow me. Troy Franklin, I like. I don't know if I like him this high. Xavier Worthy, we talked about it, just absolutely blew away at the combine. Don't know if I like him at this spot. I'm not going to take a receiver here. We're going to go with a corner. Nate Wiggins still on the board, and I know he only weighed 170 pounds at the combine. That is light for a corner, but he's really quick ran one of the fastest 40s. He's got good movement abilities, and he can bulk up. I think he probably lowered down for the combine. He can bulk up and be a press corner again in the NFL, which is what he ran at Clemson. He was really, really good. I'm going to take him here, and we're going to see a nice run on corners here because at number 27, didn't test at the combine. Actually, I changed my mind. We're going to go with Chop Robinson, a guy who did test at the combine. 
Robinson is an interesting one because everyone loves his athleticism. And I think people love the idea of Chop Robinson more than Chop Robinson. Chop Robinson is a very good player. I don't know if he's ever going to hit that superstar tier simply because short arms, he's got um, questions in terms of how he's going to separate with an offensive tackle. But I think the Cardinals are a team that can use him as that designated pass rusher. Jonathan Gannon did it with a guy like Asan Reddick. I could see that this kind of being their guy that they can move all over the defensive front and he can be a scary weapon. Um, for the Bills, I don't see a world where they don't go with a receiver in round one. This is the spot where Troy Franklin makes the most sense to me if he is going to go in round one. Just a guy who's got speed, size, ball tracking ability, maybe not the most amazing route runner, but I think this guy is electric. So I'm going to take him here at number 28. At number 29, we're going to take Jerzon Newton. Still on the board, coming off an injury, but come on. You get a guy like Johnny Newton here at number 29. It's a game changer. He is one of the best run defenders in this class. He's an elite pass rusher, an elite athlete. He said it. He would have broken the 40 record at the combine had he tested. I fully believe him. This guy is that good. I'm going to take him here at number 29. At number 30 for the Baltimore Ravens, tough for you know, a few good options here. I love that Kool-Aid McKinstry is still on the board. I like Ennis Rakestraw here, but... They also have some needs on the offensive line. Jordan Morgan would be good value as well. Edge rusher could also be the move. A lot of different ways that this Ravens team could go, but I am going to take Kool-Aid McKinstry, I think, in my opinion, one of the best corners in this entire draft class. It just fits what the, the Ravens want to do on the defensive side of the football. At number 31, We've got the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to improve that offensive line. Get a guy who could play inside and outside in Jordan Morgan. And then with the last pick of the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take Keon Coleman, a guy that ran a slower 40. Um, He ran a slower 40, but I still think he's got all the upside in the world. Yeah, um, I, I really like Keon Coleman. He's a big receiver, tall, just like I was talking about with Mitchell earlier. He can go up and get passes at, you know, at the height. Um, and he's, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about his overall speed, but I think he's going to be a good receiver in the league. Um, and I like the Kool-Aid McKinstry to the Baltimore Ravens. He's a physical guy. Um, and um, I think that's kind of the – Harbaugh and the Ravens' M.O. on defense always kind of has been. So I really like that pick as well. Yeah, I see the comment there. Marina Sands asking, why take a defensive end for the Eagles? I have no position to play in a 3-4. He played an outside linebacker at UCLA. He's going to play that outside linebacker role in the NFL. That's where its size translates. If you're going to get rid of Hassan Reddick, you've got a guy. They drafted a guy in I am Nolan Smith last year. Latu is going to play. He could play inside. He could play a true edge in a 4-3. He could play that outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's like a Daniil Hunter in just a way that he is versatile. Move him over the line. Don't overthink it. That's that's the move here. You don't take a guy like Darius Robinson here or anything like that. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to stick with my pick there with Latu Latu. All right. 
Well, that is going to finish up round one. We are going to get into the second round. This will be our last uh, that we will do tonight. We'll do a first and second round mock here. We're going to start um, with picks 33 through 35. Uh, he can drop in coverage a little bit. That's not like his biggest strength, but he has the ability to drop into coverage. Um, at number 33, Carolina's in desperate need of a wide receiver. I'm not overthinking this. We're going to take Xavier Leggett. I know the combine, older prospect, or the senior bowl wasn't amazing. This guy's an athlete, and that's what Bryce Young needs. Go get him a guy that is going to be a game changer. He has some incredible hands. He made some awesome catches for South Carolina. I'm taking him at 33. At 34, the New England Patriots. I, I like receiver here as well. And if you tell me that a player is that a receiver is going to go to the Patriots, Lad McConkey is exactly what I picture that Patriots receiver to look like. Um, they love those white receivers. So we're just going to go get another one. And then at 35, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Took an edge, took a receiver. Now we're going to take a corner because Ennis Rakestraw is still on the board. And I think this is incredible value for a guy who is wiry, electric. He flashes ball skills. Only one interception is a big concern with him, but the guy is really, really talented. I'm taking him to Arizona at 35. At number 36. All right, so I got to say. Go ahead. I got to say, Lad McConkey. I'm telling you, the dude is going to be a legit receiver in the league. Like, he is a great route runner, has awesome hands, can go over the middle. He's going to be a Cooper Cup, I think. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, I don't know I if he's going to be that good, but I do think he is going to be a good receiver in the NFL. I think he's going to be pretty good. I really do. Um, Lad McConkey. So, yeah. Getting him at 34, you know, second pick in the second round would be would be a great pick, I think. I mean, there there really isn't on the board that many better options at outside linebacker. I don't like Chop Robinson. I think he's too raw, too undersized for that Eagles defense. Braylon Trice is too slow. I mean, I think maybe Chris Braswell is the guy there. Maybe you get him in round two, but I think he's going to be long gone. He does drop into coverage, but this is a team that also blitzes and uses those outside linebackers and pass rush situations, hence Hassan Reddick. I do like the idea of uh, of Latu on this Eagles team. Um, we'll get into the next few picks here. Uh, at number 36, the Washington Commanders. This is a pick that I've been making. Not seen a lot of people talk about it, but this pick is makes all the sense in the world. Give me Zach Frazier to the Washington Commanders at 36. Uh, right up there with Jackson Powers Johnson as the best center in this draft. Really good. He's athlete. Didn't play at the Senior Bowl, recovering from a knee injury, but a Commanders team that just just um, cut Nick Gates yesterday, they're going to need to improve in that department. And I think Zach Frazier is a really, really good player. I could see him sneaking in around one. I really could. At number 37, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take a tackle here. Um, Actually, no. This second Chargers pick is always the hardest pick for me to do. Because they could go with a number of players here, but I think I am going to take a. Hmm, where do I want to go with this one? Doing this on the fly. So we're trying to see. I'm going to take Devondre Sweat out of Texas. 
just a monster in the middle of that defensive line. 6'6", a 6'4", excuse me, 360 pounds, ran a 5'2". I don't think some of us at normal size could run a 5'2". He's an absolute monster. Um, I like him better than I like his teammate and Byron Murphy. Best run defender in the draft, and he offers some upside in the run defense. I think Tavondre Sweat is a home run here. Titans, we talked about it. You passed on a receiver in round one, but you can get a good consolation prize here in day two. I'm going to go with Ricky Parasol out of Florida. It's a pick that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. This guy has been blowing people away through the combine, the pre-draft process, and then the senior bowl. Excellent route runner. Can play anywhere in that that receiving area. Some of the best hands in the entire class. I think he's got a chance to go top 50. Um, So we'll see. Um, I had the Giants here at number 39. With Bo Nix still on the board here, we're going to take a chance on Bo Nix here because, yes, he's an older prospect, but Bo Nix is a good quarterback. He's got that Jalen Hurts to him. He's got that Alex Smith to him in terms of just – he moves and he could throw that ball on the move really, really well. He's an athlete. I'm a big fan of Bo Nix. And then at 37, we are going to take an edge rusher here for the Washington Commanders. And we are going to select Chris Braswell out of Alabama. Actually, no, we're going to take Marshawn Nealon out of Western Michigan. And it took Chris Braswell anyway. So we'll stick with Braswell. It's fine. Uh, Braswell is a really good edge rusher outside linebacker who could play that true edge position. And he is coming off a season where I believe he had 13 sacks. He's a really good pass rusher. That's what Washington needs. I'm taking him here at 40. All right. So we're through 40. Um, Pearsall, great receiver. I mean, I, I just, can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. He hasn't really had a ton of injuries as far as I know. Um, I think that's what this team needs. And you've yeah. got Hopkins. You've got a guy like Traylon Burks who can be that slot speed weapon if he can ever stay healthy. Parasol could be that other guy. Uh, I, I really like Ricky Parasol. And he's yeah. got the ability to go up and get it. He does. Now, I like him as a receiver. Also, I know age and all this other stuff. But age, to me um, – I know a lot of people talk about it nowadays, but I mean, if you can get eight, 10 years out of a good quarterback, I mean, why not go ahead and do it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, because I mean, football, football. I think it's worth a swing there for the Giants. We saw it with the Eagles when they took Jalen Hurts in a similar range. Carson Wentz was the, What's the average career of a football player, Josiah? Like seven years, something like that? I'm not, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but. Um, for the Giants, I think this is, yeah, he's older, but quarterbacks are lasting longer. He could play 12, 14 seasons into his age 39 season. If he can stay yeah. healthy, I think Bo Nix can be a good quarterback. Right. All right, so we'll move on to 41 through 45 here in the second round. All right, so 41 here for the Packers. Uh, you talked about offensive line. Well, we're going to do that here in a second. Take Kingsley Suomataya, a guy that can play tackle, can play guard, can play really any position on your offensive line. That's kind of what the Packers need, a guy that can play anywhere. I like this move for them. At 42, the Minnesota Vikings, you've got questions at the quarterback position. 
answer on with Michael Penix Jr. He is, I really, really like Michael Penix Jr. And I know why people don't. Struggled under pressure in the national championship. Not the most mobile. This guy's got the best arm in the class outside of Joe Milton, but Joe Milton is not sniffing the first three rounds. Um, Michael Penix Jr. has some of the best ball placement I have ever seen. Like Matthew Stafford level, how did he fit that in that window? He's a really good quarterback, and if Kirk Cousins does decide to leave, you can go sign that vet like a Gardner Minshew, a Jacoby Brissett, but Michael Penix Jr. should be a guy that this team considers. I think this is great value at 42. At 43, uh, this is where Xavier Worthy comes off the board. I I can't think of a more perfect spot for Xavier Worthy than the Atlanta Falcons, a team that has Drake London on the outside who is that physical contested catch guy. But Xavier Worthy in the slot who can just take the top off the defense. And then if this team does get a Kirk Cousins or a Justin Fields, I'm telling you, if Atlanta gets a solid quarterback – I wouldn't be surprised if this team is in the NFC Championship game next year. I really think Atlanta is this close to being in that contender tier. At number 44, we got the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to take Braden Fisk here. Uh, Could have come off the board a little earlier, in all honesty, but I think this is where we see his name called. A good athlete, a good uh, pass rusher. This is kind of what the Raiders need on the interior. They've got nothing there. And then at 44... We got the New Orleans Saints, another team. I'm going to go with an edge rusher here because they addressed it last year, and I still don't think they did a very good job. Uh, we're going to take Darius Robinson out of Mizzou. I love Darius Robinson. I know the 40 is not ideal, but this guy is awesome. He really is. He's got all the moves that you would love to see. He's got great size, and you could play him anywhere on this defensive line, interior, off the edge. He's going to be a difference maker. I've got him at 45. All right, so I love the Michael Penix Jr. Uh, pick here. He's actually one of my favorite college players the last two years. Um, I agree with you. The dude can fit it in in inches. I mean, just like he he is excellent. I think that's an excellent pick there. And the Xavier Worthy to Atlanta would be a great pick for them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that worthy pick. I think that's one of my favorite picks to make just because the idea of that is just, it gets me excited because you pair that with Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, like that, that offense could be really hard to stop. They've already got one of the better offensive lines and better defenses in football. They just need a quarterback. They just need a quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, at number 46 Colts took Adonai Mitchell earlier. I love that idea as a Colts fan. Now I am going to go with an edge rusher here because the edge production hasn't been elite. Hasn't been bad, but I still think it can improve a little bit. This is where Marshawn Neeland from Western Michigan will come off the board. Absolutely fantastic athlete. Another guy with really good size ran well, looked really comfortable at the senior bowl. I love it. I love the idea of the Colts going out and just improving that defensive line. Quiddy Pay hasn't been amazing. He's been good. Samson Ebukam, good year. Dio Odangbo, we'll see if he actually ever gets snaps because when he's on the field, the dude's very impactful, but they just don't play him as much as they should. I, I think I think Marshawn Nealand is that guy here at number 46. At number 47 for the New York Giants, another team that receiver could come off the board here. I love Jalen Polk. Um, I like corner as an option here for this team as well. Um, 
I also like safety. And I'm going to go with the safety because there's uncertainty around if Xavier McKinney is going to be back. And I like Tyler Newbin a lot. I think Tyler Newbin is a fantastic safety. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he hits hard. He's got the ball skills in the middle of the field, reads the quarterback well. I think this is a a need for the Giants that I don't think a lot enough people are talking about. At number 48, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars who are going to go with a corner here. And to me, this is tough. I, I'm going to go with a guy that I still think has upside. I'm going to take Kamari Lassiter here out of Georgia. Very raw player. You can see the upside with him. I just don't know how elite he could be. He is going to be right away, but the upside is there. I'm going to take him here at 48. At number 49, the Cincinnati Bengals are back on the clock. Got Brock Bowers earlier. Another team that I could see being in the corner market, but I am going to go with an interior offensive lineman here. Graham Barton is on the board. I mean, this would be an absolutely incredible draft for the Bengals if you get Graham Barton and you get Brock Bowers with your first two pick. Barton can play either tackle position, either guard position, or center. Put him anywhere, and I think Barton's going to thrive. At number 50, no-brainer pick for me here. It's it's Peyton Wilson. Uh, yes, there's injury concerns with Peyton Wilson, but dude can fly. He hits hard, and I absolutely love what he offers. Edgerrin Cooper is very close, but I think Peyton Wilson is my number one linebacker. So is he the first linebacker? Yes, he is. Again, linebacker, tight end. Linebackers just don't go high. They just don't. That is crazy uh, to think that there's not any linebackers you know, higher than this. You got him at 50. I mean, Peyton Wilson is a great linebacker. Um, you know, um, done, done a fantastic job at North Carolina State, especially the last two years. So that's a great pickup for them. I really like Cincinnati. There with the offensive line, I think they could need a little help there. And getting a guy that could plug in at any of those positions would be big. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to 51 through 55. I think this this is another very possible linebacker spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Edron Cooper. I mean, this team since Ryan Shazier had the tragic injury has not been the same at the linebacker spot. I mean, Edron Cooper is fantastic, great in coverage, but the guy had, uh, I believe, eight and a half sacks at the linebacker position. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, I, I, I have Peyton Wilson slightly over Cooper just because of athletic measurements. That's the only reason. And I think same thing with Colson. Colson has some questions for me as a run defender, great in coverage, but I, I have questions about him as a run defender in particular. For the Rams here at 52, I've not done this at any mock, and I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to take Jatavian Sanders at 52 to the Rams, an idea I have not really thought about, but a really, really good tight end. Not necessarily your blocking type, but you've got that in Tyler Higby. Another weapon for this team could be huge. you got Puka Nakua. You've got um, Cooper Cup. You've got guys there, but you get a threat like Jatavian Sanders in the middle of the field. I think that could be a home run for this team. Um, the Eagles kind of want me to take a linebacker again. I don't hate the idea of double dipping at linebacker, 
Yeah, Cooper started outside. I just don't know if Cooper's an outside linebacker like that. I don't know. In a in a four three, I would like him as an outside linebacker, not in a three four as an outside linebacker. Um, the Eagles here, safety is a spot that I would consider, but I'm not I'm not doing it. Um, I'm going to take a corner. I know I know he's going to hate it. I've had so many interactions with him. I know he's going to hate this. We're going with the corner here, um, and it's going to be a guy that can also potentially be a safety at the next level. We got to go way down here. It's Renardo Green out of Florida State, a guy who has just been flying up draft boards over the last few weeks after a great Shrine Bowl and a good combine. He moves exceptionally well. He has that ability to switch out, be a safety because some questions about how he closes and different things. But Renardo Green is going to go in the second round. I think the Eagles is where his range starts. I could see him. I don't. I don't see him falling out of the second round. You're going to hate it, and I'm fine with it. It's my draft, not yours. At number 54, we've got the Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to address the interior of this defensive line yet again. Um, they they got some guys, but I'm not in love with a ton of them. We're going to take Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. This is a guy that I am a big fan of. I think he could um, be a player that is going to be like, how did Chris Jenkins go this low? I'm a big fan. I'm going to take him here. Green would be six on the depth chart. Well, you're probably going to cut Slay or do something with him. Bradbury's going to be gone. I don't know how many of those guys I trust. Everybody is saying that the Eagles need a corner. I would trust those people more than, you know. At number 55, we've got the uh, Miami Dolphins. Corner is going to be the spot for me here. We're going to take Mike Sainer still out of Michigan. A really good athlete. This guy flies. I mean, he's a really smart player. Um, I like everything he can do there. Um, closes super quickly. Um, and I think he had a few pick sixes, five interceptions. Uh, the Dolphins just cut Davian Howard. They drafted Cam Smith last year, who I loved. You've got Jalen Ramsey, but now you get Mike Sanders still in the slot. I think that's a that's a pretty good situation for him there. All right, so you know you know this guy with the Eagles that's asking you talking about the oh, Eagles. Oh yeah, stuff. he hates every pick I ever make, so we're just gonna <laughs> roll with it. Well, the Eagles struggled down the stretch, and that's that's you know yeah. uh, by 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 far. Um, so and their secondary it. is what struggled the most. Bradbury was picked apart. Slay was not the same. Kaylee yeah. Ringo still has a lot of question marks. He might be a safety at the next level. Right. This team. They they're they're gonna go with a corner with their one of their first three picks and it's it's a hundred percent gonna happen. All right, and let's go with fifty six through sixty. All right, so the Dallas Cowboys on the clock here. We're going with a wide receiver. Jerry Jones loves guys from Michigan. Uh, this is gonna be the third Michigan guy in a row uh, with Roman Wilson coming off the board here. Having him to pair with Ceedee Lamb. Brandon Cooks, potentially, if he's back. Looks like they're going to move Michael Gallup. But Roman Wilson, excellent route runner, good hands, and good speed as well. I think that's the move here. Um, We talked about it doesn't look like Mike Evans is going to be back for Tampa. Well, now's the perfect time to go get a wide receiver. Uh, I like Jalen Polk. He actually reminds me of another receiver that's on this team, Chris Godwin. I really like Polk. He was one of the best risers in college football over this season, a guy that was wide receiver three on the depth chart, and he came out and was absolutely fantastic all season long for the 
for the the Huskies. I, I love this fit in, for him in Tampa Bay. At number 58, we're going to see the first running back come off the board. A.J. Dillon's a free agent. Aaron Jones can't stay healthy. Trey Benson ran a 4-3. Benson and Green Bay would be an awesome fit. I really, really like that move. Um, Houston at number 59. I'm going to go with the receiver again. Uh, th- there's going to be quite a few receivers that come off towards the back end of the second, I think. There's a number of routes that this team could go, um, but I am going to go with uh, Tez Walker out of North Carolina. Yes, there's concerns about his physicality, but you get C.J. Stroud, another guy who can just go. I mean, this offense could be really, really difficult to stop. Um, At number 60, we've got the Buffalo Bills and a couple of ways that this team could go, but another spot where I could see linebacker being in play here because you had – injuries all in that second on that linebacking group come playoffs but i am going to go at the corner just because i think the value is too good for tj tampa here great athlete really good in zone coverage um yeah i i like tj tampa here at number 60 it's all right so you got benson from for green bay yeah yeah, I think Green Bay is going to be the first team to take a running back. Maybe Dallas does it, but I think Green Bay is very likely to be a um, be a uh, the first running back spot. So no B.J. Robinsons in this draft, huh? No, not even close. <laughs> I had to throw that in there because I was amazed last year that they traded up to get him in the top ten. They didn't trade up. They had the eighth pick. Did they have the eight? Yeah, they stayed put and took him. And then okay. Gibbs got taken at 12, which I, I – we didn't like it at the time. But hindsight, that pick looks really good for Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to mess with it a little bit there. Yeah. Running backs usually don't get that high. So, yeah, for All sure. All right, so this will finish up uh, the second round here. Pick 61. Should be the end at 64. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I mean, there's good talent here on the board, but – I absolutely love Christian Haynes from UConn, a guy that I'm not sure how familiar you are with Haynes because UConn just doesn't get show, but this guy is incredible, and he is going to be a second-round pick, athletic, good run blocker, good pass blocker. Uh, They've got a hole at that right guard position, and now you add keep a strength of strength in Detroit and take a really good offensive tackle. I love this for them. Number 62, again, really wanted to go with a wide receiver, but I just don't love the value here. This is where I think another running back could come off the board. And it's really personal preference. Who do you like? Jonathan Brooks is a lot of people's RB one. I can't get there coming off an ACL tear. I think he could slip a little bit. Uh, Audric estimate. I don't love Will Shipley. I don't love, I really like Braylon Allen. I also really like Jalen Wright. I think that is, we're going to go, way off the board here. We're going to take Jalen Wright to the Baltimore Ravens, a guy who tested out really well. They can't stay healthy at the running back position. They keep trying with vets, Melvin Gordon. Uh, They just can't stay healthy. I think Jalen Wright, after how he tested today, has a chance to be the first running back off the board. I think Benson takes it, but I I really like what Jalen Wright could bring to a squad. And as a Tennessee fan, I think, I think Jalen Wright is a, is a really good running back. At number 63, we've got the San Francisco 49ers who took Jordan Morgan earlier. And of course, it wants to lag on me as we get to the last three picks. So (laughs) 
we'll just kind of talk this out. Ball, San Francisco is in a position where Chase Young is a free agent. They've got questions about their long-term at the receiver position. Um, Brandon Ayuk looks like he could be a potential trade guy, which I think they should trade him, get another first-round pick back, and get another receiver in this loaded class. That's what I would do, and you save yourself some money. Uh, please trade him to Indianapolis, but it's not going to happen. They're going to probably be looking for an offensive lineman um, again. I think they could go O-line again. Cooper Beebe is a guy that I really like from Kansas State. I think he's in play here. I think that a corner is in play here. I also think an edge rusher is in play here. If this will ever load, um, I would love to take a edge rusher here. Um, I think that the guy I will go with whenever this loads, because I know who I'm going to take. Uh, I think we're going to take a chance on Braylon Trice here out of Washington. A guy who's led the FBS in pressures each of the last two seasons. Take a chance on that guy. Athletically, the guy's not very good. And that he might fall a little bit farther in the draft than he should. But I think Braylon Trice, a guy that I really like here, makes sense to San Francisco at 63. And then at the last pick at 64, I'm taking Ruka Rohiro to the Kansas City Chiefs. Just improve the interior of that defensive line. Chris Jones is a free agent. Even if he comes back, you have questions about the long term of that interior. I think Ruka Rohiro is that guy that is going to be the next defensive tackle off the board here. And so, while you don't get to see me select them, those are the guys I'm going to go with with my last two. That's all right, man. Listen, I run the show. I know exactly how it is. No big deal. It's the last two or three picks here. So, um, here in the second round. But, uh, yeah, man, like, you know, this is cool for you being here. I appreciate you being here and doing this for me, Josiah. I do have a couple of questions I was going to ask you. Uh, Malachi Corley, where do you have him? Is he somebody that could possibly come in here late at the end of the second round? I, I did consider him for San Francisco. Um, I think he would be awesome with Debo Samuel. I really like Malachi Corley. I think there's questions about can that guy even run any routes because they just didn't do anything at West Kentucky. Um, really a lot of screens for him, but I think he's in a late round two. I could see a team like Detroit, Baltimore, San Francisco, all considering it. If he doesn't get taken there, I think he's an early round three guy. I really like Corley. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I know I just I knew he's probably a round three guy, but I was just wondering if there was a reach, you know, maybe that somebody could reach and get him in round two. I, I actually a reach. I actually am not too far from Western Kentucky's campus. That's where I live. So um, I have seen him play. He's a heck of a receiver. He has been for them. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Trevin Wallace today. Did he? Did he boost himself? Is he? Do you think he has a possibility to be a day two guy in round three? Yes, I do think Trevin Wallace. I do have a Trevin Wallace prospect spotlight coming next week on my channel. So I'll break down his game, give my where I think he gets drafted, but I think he's a third round guy pretty solidly now after a good combine. I saw him taking as high as the first round in a mock, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. He's not going in the first round. Yeah, I don't think a he's linebacker, a and let alone not one of the best in this class. I don't see it, but I think there's some buzz around Trevor Wallace for sure. All right. I just I know he helped himself today at the combine. 
And Josiah, I really appreciate you doing this with me today and doing our first 2024 mock draft. And go check out his channel, JWAC Gridiron, on YouTube. And we appreciate you being here and doing this with us today. Thanks for having me on again. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. This has been College Sportscast, a special with us, 2024 mock draft special with JWAC Reactions on Twitter. But you can find him at JWAC Gridiron on YouTube channel. And we appreciate it. Two-round mock. And hope you guys enjoyed. Y'all have a good night.